come to our second part in the book of Acts. And um, a lot of translations say the Acts of the Holy Spirit. That's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. What God can, what Jesus continued to do and teach through what, through his followers. That's what we're taking a look at here. And we're going to be in Acts chapter 2 today. Acts chapter 2. And I'm so excited about this. Um, just really, really excited. Acts 17, 6 is our launching verse, our launching verse th- together. In these men who have turned the world upside down. Actually, the next couple of lines are, you heard on the bumper there, they, they have come here also. How many of you believe that you can be a part of a people that turn the world upside down? Now, I want you to know the world is already upside down, so we're going to make it upside right. <laughs> Y'all with me? <laughs> How many of y'all know the world is already upside down? Come on. Do you live in the same world I do? And so I'm believing, God, that we're going to turn it right side up. Come on, somebody. Are you, are you with me there? See, I believe that. How many of y'all believe that? So if we believe that, then we're, gonna, we're really taking a look at this. But I want to give you a big idea. Like, like what you believe produces behavior. Now, now, like, so I want to make it really clear. We're not just trying to get you to do some type of behavior modification with this series. What this series and what today is all about, it's not behavior modification, it's spiritual possibilities. See, it's not a, it's not a behavior modification, it's a spiritual possibilities. What can God do through people just like you and me, ordinary, everyday people that are trusting him and believing him for to do something great. Are you with me? See, that's what this is really all about. And that's what this whole, like the book of Acts is. He, he takes ordinary people and, and he puts some extra on them. And that's how you become extraordinary. And he takes some natural people and puts some super on them. And that's how you become supernatural. Come on. Come on. That, that's how it works. You know, um, I, I'm just so ex- excited. Like, see, when, when I met Jesus in a real way, for, uh, it'll be 42 years ago. I know some of you didn't even know I was 42 years old. I'm saying that by faith. And, uh, but over, like, it'll be 42 years this year. Like, when I met Jesus in a real way, like, I got everything. I didn't understand it all, but I got it all. Like, he changed my life, radically changed my life in this, in this moment of time. But the big difference is, and I'm so thankful that it happened to me this way. It doesn't have to happen this way. But when I met Jesus, and you can say, I crossed the bridge, I got saved, I got born again. I, like, you put whatever words you want on it, whatever era you're from. Okay, I'm just saying I got radically changed. And in, in, in that same moment, I met the Holy Spirit in, in a real way there. Now, you can't get saved without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin. But there's this thing in the Bible called the baptism of the Holy Spirit that can happen when you get saved or it can be something distinctly different from when you got saved. I'm just oversimplifying right now. But when I met Jesus, I met Jesus, and and, and I got radically changed. Every part of my life got converted to him. Do you know what was really cool? Even in my teens, listen, in my teens when I met him, when I I got the Holy Spirit, when I got saved, I automatically start telling people about Jesus. 
Like, I, like the day I got saved, I got, I got home, and I just started telling everybody about him. Like if you would sit still long enough, I would tell you. I would go to the Monroeville Mall and find people. And some of them ran from me, and some of them sat and listened. Uh, so I just, that was natural. And, and then I just loved his word. I just loved the Bible, and it started making sense to me. And it was like, oh, this makes sense. I mean, I read three chapters, and I started teaching. I just read the first three chapters of the book of John, and I thought I knew it all. And I started teaching. I started going around to different groups teaching. I thought, man, this is really cool. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but it was really cool. But I loved people, and I knew this. I needed a community of people to belong to. I knew I needed a community of people. I knew that I knew that I knew I needed that. And I went searching for that. See, what I'm trying to tell you is with, with me, and so my basis of looking at who the Holy Spirit is in his book of Acts is my, my own experience because we all view the Bible according to our own experiences. Am I right? We do. And so my experience was when I got saved and I got the Holy Spirit and, and I started speaking in tongues, I didn't even know what it was. All I knew was I, it, it happened. I mean, it wasn't like till the next day I started asking people, what the heck is this? And they started explaining it to me. And they, they started opening up the book of Acts to me. And they said, this is that. And I went, this is what? This is that. And so I, I then, I, I'm, this is my experience. And I'm gonna walk you through Acts chapter two today. I believe we're gonna make it all the way through Acts chapter two. How many of y'all believe we can do that? How many of y'all are a little nervous right now? Okay, a little nervous, but you're there. Come on, we're going to go through here. And, 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 and if you didn't listen to last week, I want you to go back to um, grab a hold of it because we went over a decision-making process. A decision-making process is prayer. That's communication with God. That's just devotion. That's talking to God. And then we need unity and fellowship. And when I, those words are so strong. That's not just you need a place to show up on Sunday. That's a strong, those are strong words. And then you need obedience to the word of God, and you're going to get a sanctified common sense. How many of y'all could use the sanctified common sense? How many of y'all know somebody that just needs common, I mean, sanctified common sense? Come on, somebody. How many of y'all know somebody out there? Yeah. And so you need a sanctified common sense. And then, but I want to tell you that that was chapter one. Then chapter two, when you add the Holy Spirit to this, a Holy Spirit life is an empowered life. In the sanctity, see, if we do these things, I'm going to say, again, not behavior, but if you believe God wants to talk to you, and you believe God has talked to you, and you believe that God has put you in, in his purpose and progression, it, right, and power, that's what the book of Acts is all about, then all this starts to make sense, and it's like, okay, I want, I want more of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me there? So I want to have a, a Holy Spirit empowered life because I want everything that God has for me. And that's why today is the first day of prayer and fasting. And we're so excited. This is a, a week of prayer and fasting started today. And this is me without coffee. So you should just be thankful right now. And so, um, and so uh, 
we're doing without food. If you want resources on how to fast and how to pray, there's a website up there. Go to the website. It has lots of prayer things uh, on there. Um, it, and hopefully you received your Bridge magazine in the mail. It has a prayer list and guides all through here what to pray for. We have them in the back. If you didn't get one of these, please get one. There's, um, there's what to pray for each and every day. Each and every day, it's all listed out what we're praying for. And so we're going to move together in unity here. And on Tuesday night, Tuesday night, we're all going to come back here at 7 o'clock and we're going to have a prayer meeting. And I know some of you think that a prayer meeting is equal to watching paint dry. And I just, some people tell me that. And I said, no, it's not. You've never been to one of these. We're going to have fun. And we're going to go for it. Okay? And if you say, I, I'm not one for prayer, just come anyhow. Okay? And, and, and you can sit in the back. Until we find you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing you. I'm just not just scared some of you off. I'm just messing with you. Come on. Come on. It, it should be exciting. Being united in prayer is exciting. That's the possibilities of God. That's the possibilities of God right there. And I, I, and I, I want that. I want to stir that in our hearts. So, okay, here we go. Acts chapter 2. Here's your outline. Those of you that love outlines, here it is. Here's your outline. Verses 1 through 4, they had an experience called Pentecost. Verses 4 through 13, they had evidence of the Holy Spirit. In verses 14 to 21, the apostle Peter stands up and explains it. Okay, and then he, he gives a, he starts preaching an empowered message with, for, about the resurrected Christ. And then, then the people said, what shall we do? There was an enablement of the Holy Spirit about what they should do with it. Okay, so there's your outline right there. That's a good outline. Now, to leave it up there just for a second, you can get pictures of it. If you get me in it, that's cool, but you don't have to. Okay, um, but th- so, so here it is, Acts chapter 2. And, and we're helping you understand the Word of God. How many of you are understanding the Word of God better today than you did yesterday? How many, are, like week by week, you're getting better? Come on, that's it, come on. That, I never want to get be done being transformed. I never want to be done being, being conformed to God's image and, and, and like learning and growing. I never, ever want to be done. So here we go, Acts chapter two, verse one. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. They were meeting together in one place. I'm telling you, if there was ever a time we need to get together and meet in one place, it is now. Come on. I mean, we have seen over the last um, almost two years now what being separated, what being pulled apart, what division does. And how many of y'all know that we need each other more than ever? How many of y'all know you texted somebody earlier? How many of y'all realize they needed that text? They needed that text probably a lot more than you needed to send it. Right? Am I right? Come on, so, but we're going to, but we, we're letting them know we love them and we care about them and, and whether they're part of the community or not. Jesus' love can t- still touches people, amen? So here they have on the day of Pentecost, they were all gathering together. This was 50 days after Passover. This is what was known as the Feast of Weeks or Harvest. And it's, it's referenced in Numbers 28, 26. They were remembering when the law was given. In the Old Testament, they're recognizing that the law was given. In the New Testament, on the day of Pentecost, was the day that grace and love and power were given. Okay, you should have got a little more excited about that. Come on, somebody. Uh, see, in John chapter 1, Jesus came in, in, in truth and grace. 
So Pentecost had truth, the law, and then in the New Testament, it had grace. It empowers us to do things. That's what grace means. Grace means you're empowered not to live the same way that you used to live. Grace of God means you are empowered to think differently than the you used to think. See, the grace of God empowers you so you don't have to fall captive to the same sin patterns. I tell you, now you're getting it. Come on. See, that's what this is about. So at the day of Pentecost, they were all getting together. And now this would have been a lot of people. Now, I believe that when we talk about harvest, the day of Pentecost, and we're going to see that the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost, the feast of harvest, I believe that it's tied together because I don't believe God does things just haphazardly. The Holy Spirit and harvest are connected. Okay? I believe that. That's what we see here. Okay? And, and there's a reference there. You can go back and read about it. And so everybody was gathering together. But it, what's interesting here, there was 120 people gathered together in Acts chapter 1. It said 120 went into what we, the, we know as the upper room, and they began praying. They began praying together. Now, I think it's interesting in 1 Corinthians, or Corinthians, excuse me, it's communicated that Jesus appeared to 500 people at post-resurrection. He rose from the dead and appeared to 500. I want to know, where were the other 380? 120 made it. Now, I don't have proof text to this, but I wonder. These are the things I wonder. I'm just wondering right now. How many, like, did they start with 175? But after two days, they were like, I'm out. I don't know. After three days, they'd like two more go, oh, man, I got, I got a lot of stuff to do. I, I wonder. I wonder how many they started with and how, why they end up with 120. I mean, I, I have some thoughts about the 120, but I just wonder, like, are we as a church going to be a part of the 120 or the 380? What are we going to be a part of? The 120 that said, I'm going to expect, I'm going to anticipate, I'm going to be there, and if I have to wait 10 days to get it, it doesn't matter. Mind you, when they came together to pray, they didn't know how long they were going to be praying. Now, I can tell you on Tuesday night, we're going to get together about 7, most likely about 8.30 or 8.40, you're going to be free to go. But I can tell you right now, if I said, we're going to get together and we're going to pray, we really don't know how many days this is going to take. How many of you would have like checked out right now? You'd have been like, I ain't going. <laughs> Am I right? Come on, be honest with me. Be honest. Yeah. It's like, I got things to do. I got places to be. Come on. I got to work. You don't have to prepare no meals because you're not eating. So that don't, that, we don't have that excuse. Come on. But, but think about it. Are we going to be a part of the 120? To say, I'm going to wait, and I'm going to believe, even though I don't understand everything, I want to go back to the Bible and be Bible-based and believe him for it. Are you with me? I believe I'm, I'm, a, I'm, in, a, I'm in a 120 church. I believe that. I believe that about you. I believe we're a part of a people that would do whatever it takes to, 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 to wait on God and believe God for him. Amen? Okay, verse two, suddenly, everybody say that word suddenly. There was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then they, 
Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking with other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So they were filled to the maximum extent, the full extent, the Spirit of God, the wind, the breath of God filled their lives, what appeared to be like tongues of fire on their head. Now, this isn't just some made-up story. This is a real account. Luke is writing. He searched these things out. There's evidence of this. And and they start speaking in their tongues. I want to let you know, the Holy Spirit does not need to be feared. But the Holy Spirit should be revered. There should be a revering, but not a fearing. And I know know many people like, 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 if you're trying to figure out some of the things of God with your natural mind, it's going to be rough. You know why it's going to be rough? Because some of the things like the Trinity, it's, it's a mystery. But we receive them by faith, and the Holy Spirit is no different. We receive the Holy Spirit in the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. Just like you receive salvation by faith. See, so faith is an integral part of this. Faith is is an absolute part of this whole deal. We receive it by faith. But I want to let you know, well, first of all, let me just say this. On Saturday, this coming Saturday, at 9 o'clock, we're going to have breakout sessions and workshops explaining everything about the Holy Spirit at the North Braddock campus. It's free. It's going, to be from, it's going to be from 9 to a little bit after 12 noon. And we're just going to explain, going to have sessions about like basic Holy Spirit. And then we're going to have like advanced, okay, you know a little bit, but you want to know more. And so we're going to explain, go through scriptures. There's people been preparing for this, and you're going to love it. But that's why we call it, a, it, it, it's a Grow Power Conference. And we've been doing this the last couple years because I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people trying to explain away the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of people trying to say that the Holy Spirit doesn't exist anymore. It was only for the first century church. I can't find any proof in the Bible that states that. But let's not get all, all fixated on tongues, although they all spoke. Basically, let me just b- break it down for you. They spoke in a language not known by them, but pretty soon in the next couple of verses, we're going to see that other people interpreted it as they were praising God. But there's other, I think there's other evidences of the Holy Spirit leading people to Christ. And I'm going to give you a list of them later on. Breaking habits in our life that we're trying to break. But I want you to get a picture of this day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are sitting in heaven. And they are waiting for this moment. Like, like, like they were all there in Genesis 1. And now, they're like waiting. Couldn't you be like, imagine you were the Holy Spirit, just for a minute. And you're like, is it time? Is it time yet? God the Father, is it time? Is it my time? And then it's like, then the day of Pentecost, they're all praying, and they're, they've been praying a whole bunch of days. Ten days they're praying together, and all of a sudden, yes, it's time. And heaven's like, yeah, It's time. I mean, seriously, that's, what, that's, what, that's the picture I get about heaven right here. It's like, yes, it's the time. 
Yes, it's going to be we're going to indwell believers and help them understand the word of God and be convicted of sin and tell them and move them in progression, sanctification. This is that. No, that's how I picture it. Again, I can't prove it, but that's, that's, how, I, that's how I look at this. And so they, they move in in this awesome day here. Acts chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Now there's evidence. At that time, there were devout Jews from the nation in, in Jerusalem. And it became evident to others what happened. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. Listen, the power of the Holy Spirit gets people's attention. And it's about time that the power of the Holy Spirit gets people's attention for the right reason. Y'all with me? So everybody came running, and they were bewildered, and they hear people speaking in their own language. And listen, there was this manifestation of the Holy Spirit with gifts and power, and it was so cool. It was so awesome. It was like, yes, this is so awesome. It used to be only for a select few. Now everybody's allowed in on it. No, I think you're missing out on this. Everybody gets in on it. And, and, and there's, this, there's this moment where there's evidence and it spills out into the streets in verse 7. They were completely amazed. How can this be? There's an amazement. And when the Holy Spirit is active in, a, in our lives, I believe that it spills out into the streets. Sometimes it even spills out into our text. No, see, I'm, I, mean, I mean, for real. See, it just spills out. People came running. They're amazed. The wonder of God. The world doesn't understand it, but they cannot ignore it. A true Honest work of the Holy Spirit. And we shouldn't fear it. It's like, God, if you have power for me, I want to. Listen, it, it would be like this. Like, it'd be like saying, like, I really, I, I want to get a handgun. But like, I just want the gun. I don't want the bullets. Like, you just, like, I think that's what a lot of Christians do. They want the, they want to, they want to hold the apparatus that contains the power, but they don't want the Holy Spirit, which puts power into the gun. And so a lot of people are like, I just, I know, I just, I'm, I'm okay with guns. I just don't want the bullets. No, I'm trying to, like, it doesn't make sense, does it? Like, why wouldn't you want the power that goes with it here? So verse 14 through 21 after there's an experience, an evidence, Peter stands up and begins to explain, this is that. And Peter goes back to Joel chapter 2. He goes back to the word of God, which is our foundation and basis. We always go according to the foundation in the word of God. Y'all with me? And, 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 and the apostle Peter stands up and says, this is that that was spoken of in Joel chapter 2. And he's going to quote it here in just a minute. But I want to let you know that experience is only good if it has a foundation in the word of God. It's only as good as this. You have to have a foundation that it's found here. And we understand it here. And we see it here. 
then it requires faith. Are you with me? So the apostle Peter says, this is that. This is what was spoken of almost 800 years before. Almost 800 years before this was spoken. And so he begins to explain to them in verse 14, he stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and he shouted to the crowd, this is what was predicted long ago, verse 16. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon how many people? How many? Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above. Come on, somebody. Do you realize how this would have blown their minds? Because it was for male and female. It was for the rich and poor. It was for adults and kids. This would have blown their mind. Like, are you serious? See, we live in a day and age where like, of course it would be. But in there, when, he, when this was spoken, and when Peter, the apostle Peter reminded them, it would have been like, really? You mean even kids are going to get this? Yes, we believe in a generational God. And we believe that the whole generation behind us, and it's vital to us that we think according to generations. Let me tell you why. Because typically, typically, generationally, one generation knows God the next generation knows about God. In the third generation, God is a distant memory. And that's why as a church and as God's people, we must be committed to generations. We must have generations all working together. And that's right. We need baby boomers. I expected a little more from you on that one. I like... And we need millennials. Okay. Yeah. We need everything in between. Come on. I'm not sure what this generation is now, these kids that are back in the room, but we need them too. Come on, somebody. How about we label them as a generation that gets it? Come on. That's, a, that's what we need. Are you with me? So we need all generations. We need this, and that's what he's speaking to. And so there's dreams and visions, and he says, I wish you all to prophesy. The apostle Paul, actually, he brags in Corinthians, I speak in tongues way more than you all. You think, why do you say that? The apostle Paul's like, because I do. <laughs> it's like, he was bragging about it, and he says, you all should speak in tongues, and you all should do this, but I wish that you'd all prophesy more than speak in tongues. I, I wish that you'd prophesy to one another. Speak forth the word of God to one another. Come on, how many of you are excited you came to church today? Come on. And so immediately they move into an empowered preaching. An empowered preaching. Oh, my goodness. In, in, in the apostle Peter quotes Psalms. Isn't it amazing? He's quoting the word of God all the time because he wants to give context to what's happening. That's why, we, that's why you're here today, to get context for your life out of the word of God. Am I right? I want to know what context 
does the word of God have for my life? And how can we apply it by the spirit of God? Are you with me? This is so exciting. At least I'm excited. Because the Holy Spirit wants to remind us of Jesus' words, convict us of sins, right? And the promise is reliable and necessary. That's what this is here. It's a promise here. So in verse 32, Acts 2, 32, this is the apostle Peter. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had, as he had gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see in here today. So there's context to this, that there's the Spirit of God given to us to help us and empower us, our lives together, that we can live for him. And that the world should be taking notice that, wait a minute, they're different. There's a difference in their life. And unfortunately, in, in, in the past like decades, churches have been going overboard and trying to fit in. Now, I'm not here judging any movement. I'm just saying, like, like if you get the Holy Spirit, you're not going to fit in. Like when I got saved and I got the Holy Spirit, I didn't just have an experience. I got a condition. I got a condition. I can't shake that condition. I have a condition. It's being a follower of Jesus. I've tasted and I've seen his goodness. I am ruined for the ordinary. I'm ruined. How many of y'all are ruined for the ordinary? The rest of you, you're about to be. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you. Listen, listen, that's what I'm talking about here. I'm ruined. I, I got a condition. So instead of asking people, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? What we should ask people is, do you have the condition? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Immediately, somebody came to mind. <laughs> No, because it's a, it's a constant infilling. It's a constant changing. It's a constant transformation. But in this context of Acts chapter 2, the power of the Holy Spirit gave them empowered preaching to talk about Jesus to others. How many of you have somebody in your life, a friend, a relative, a neighbor, a work, somebody you work with that are hell bound, but you really don't want them to go to hell? How many of you, at least one person? Now, I'm telling you, if the Holy Spirit could help lead that person to Christ, couldn't you use a little bit of help doing that? See, I'm just, I'm trying to break it down into practicality. It's a practical thing that the Holy Spirit does here. He had promised. That's what he does. The Holy Spirit gives us promises here and manifestations of himself. So now it's about to get good. We're going into our last E, enablement of the Holy Spirit. It's about to get good. Oh, it's going to get good right here. So we, we saw the experience and the evidence, and it's explained, okay? And it's going on through here, and, and, and there's empowered preaching. But now there's an enablement of the Holy Spirit coming to God's people here. Oh, Peter's words pierced their hearts. 
it says it cut their hearts. It cut into their hearts. Like, oh my gosh, like their, their heart rate went up. You know, like something was there. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? You know, I, I've, been preaching a, um, I've been preaching a lot of years, decades now. I, I can't remember. Maybe it happened. But I, I never remember one preaching where people ran to the front and said, what shall we do? <laughs> I'm just being honest. I don't think it ever happened. I, maybe it did. Maybe, maybe somebody asked me that and I forgot. And so if you were that person, please forgive me. Well, I've never had people rush and say, what shall we do? We have to do something. We're going to start the prayer meeting now. I never said no one ever to me. I'm just being honest. But when you get the power of the Holy Ghost, it's going to be like, you mean we have to wait till Tuesday to pray? I'm not waiting till Tuesday. You mean all you want us to do is give up food for a week? Huh? No, I'm serious. Like, you mean you're going to give us a prayer list? We just we pray and we do this? I, huh? What else can I do? No, see, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. They were cut to their, to their hearts and they're like, oh, what else should we do? Oh. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn towards God. It's like, ah. Nobody said, oh, that's kind of hard. Oh, it's my first time in church. <laughs> really, this was their first experience. It's like there's Gentiles here. There's people far from God, and they're like, oh, repent and turn to God. I don't know about this. Let me contemplate. No, really, they were, they were cut to their heart because the Holy Spirit was there. And, and, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And then, and then, and then. See, I'm telling you, we've been missing this and then. And then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you see that right there? It is really cool. See, many of us were like, okay, pray this prayer. Like, like we're going to live for Jesus now. Okay, like, but don't rush it. Go at your own pace. No, and like, when I got saved, it's like, I just start showing up. Like, I, I was in a Catholic church, and I went, and I was going to clap my hands and raise my hands. That's just the way we were going to do it. <laughs> I had a condition. <laughs> and, um... I'm just telling you, like, because something got a hold of my life. And I'm not saying I did it all perfect and with a good heart. You know, God adjusts my heart. How many of y'all, God still adjusts your hearts? I, I mean, I'm getting my heart adjusted all the time. Stumble, you fall, think, think stupid things. I'm sorry, God. Occasionally, I even say something stupid. I know none of you can believe that. <laughs> my wife's not here right now. <laughs> it's a good time to say it. <laughs> Occasionally I do, but God adjusts me. The Holy Spirit says, that was stupid. I don't know how God says, speaks to you. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, that was really stupid. That was really dumb. How's the Spirit? That's how God says to me. Hey, don't ever say that again. I'm like, okay. Are you with me? See, I'm just trying to break it down and be practical. But look at this here. And then verse 39, this promise is to you, to your to your, yes, we gotta, we gotta make sure our children get this promise. Are you with me? It's a mandate from heaven, and, and it's, for, it's for those far away, all 
who have been called by the Lord God. And he continued preaching for a long time. <laughs> yeah. You can tell the Holy Ghost is moving when you preach for a long time and nobody, nobody minds. And I keep going, Pastor. Yeah, it's a long time in our preaching. And, and, and save yourselves from this crooked generation. So here it is. The Apostle Peter gives what I'm going to explain is next steps. Now you hear us talk about next steps all the time. And there's this thing called next steps. Right after church today, we want you to come to next steps. We want you to discover your gifting and see how you can make a difference. I know what you're thinking. These people are out. They just, I'm leaving. I am not doing next. No, they're coming up front here. Come on. Now, some people, I know what you're thinking. It's like, they're leaving. I, I didn't know we could leave like that. Some of you are thinking, like, like, we could just leave. Like, wow, this is a great church. I like this church. Like, you can leave whenever you want. It's like, no, we're praying till Tuesday. Come on. Like, and um, so there's this thing called next steps because we want you to be an active and growing part of the church. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. So here's the next steps that we saw in that verse. First of all, be saved and repent. Be saved, repent. Did you see that, right? So the first thing we want for you is we want you to get saved from this crooked and perverse generation, turn from your sins and turn towards God and receive Jesus Christ as the leader of your life. That's, the th that's a huge deal, right? Okay, number two, be baptized. We want you to be water baptized and identify with the resurrected Jesus, right? Okay, then we want you to receive the Holy Spirit. That's why on Saturday night at six o'clock, you're gonna get into your car and you're gonna drive to North Braddock and we're gonna have a worship time and we're gonna have a great worship time and we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray at that time. We're gonna, we're gonna pray the Holy Spirit onto your life and in your life and over your life. And bring the kids. It's for a generation. We don't have children's ministry that night. That's right. The kids are going to be with us. And then they were moved into church community. And if you were read the next verses, they, were, they developed a personal and corporate growth. Uh, did you follow those next steps there? These are the next steps that we have in our church. I want you to get to the next steps there. I want you to go back. Go web, Go back. There won't be any food today. But we're going we're gonna to explain to you the goodness of God and what it really belongs, what it means to belong to a community, what it really, what it really means to belong to a community of believers. Okay? And so we're going to be baptized, baptized and we're going to move into church community and we're going to grow personally. But our next steps isn't our final step. We, we have, and I'm, 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 let me just go here right now. We're going to have what we call growth track. And this is something, it's packaged a little different than we've done it over the years. But on January 30th from 5 to 8 p.m. And there will be kids ministry. There's going to be snacks. There's going to be food. And we're going to help you develop a personal devotion with God. That's going to be 201. 201 is going to be about developing your personal with God. And I'm, I'm just urging you, maybe you've been in church years and you've heard it before. I don't know about you. I was doing children's ministry two weeks ago. I just loved it. I learned stuff through the text. As I was running around the room quoting Father Abraham, I was, I was loving. I, was, I can be transformed by the word of God no matter where I am. So I'm asking you to come. And we're gonna get, you're going to get registered for 201. But you got to go to 101 before you get to 201. I don't know where you went to school, but that's how it worked where I did. Y'all with me? 
And so, okay, so, so we have this here, this growth track, and, and I want you to come. I want you to, I want you to get there. But I want to give you one more verse, Acts 2.41. Those who believed what Peter said, and they were baptized, and they added 3,000 people to the church that day. The church was birthed through the worshiping, ministering power of the Holy Spirit. And if it was birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's going to need to be completed by the power of the Holy Spirit based on the Word of God. I didn't even get into all the things in Acts chapter 2 that they did to grow. That's going to be a different day. That's going to be uh, a couple weeks. We have a couple of those. So here it is. Here it is. We need a decision-making process, the Word of God. We're going to pray, unity and fellowship. We're going to be obedient to the Word of God. And we're going to be going to 2022 with a sanctified common sense. Because a spirit-filled life is an empowered life. That's a good decision-making process. Are you with me? Could you stand to your feet with me today? How many of y'all, how many of y'all got something out of today's message? It was it. Okay, real quick, if you want to take a picture of this, there's going to be a couple of verses on the screen here about what the Holy Spirit does. For those of you that love to, uh, love to dig in and love to really study, you're going to want these. There's two, there's two slides. This is the first one. I'm not going to teach it all. I'm just wanting you to get it. You might want to look at these verses later on. You might want to say, hey, I, I want to look at what the Holy Spirit did. And there's verses there. You can look them up yourself. Look them up in the Bible. Study them yourself. Did y'all get that? You ever got that one? Okay, now go to the next one there. This is the rest of them right here. This is an indwelling, filling baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't have near the time to teach all this, but but you can look those up. You can get a foundation on the Word of God. Okay, before we, we're going to do a song about revival. But before we do, I want to offer you, everybody that's in this room right now, an opportunity to repent of your sins and turn towards God. Pastor, that sounds really, really rough. I'm just, I just read from the Bible. That's all I'm doing. If you would like to repent of your sins and turn towards God, it's really simple. Maybe you're inside, your, your palms are sweaty, your heart's racing. Oh man, I know I need to do something. I'm not sure, I'm living right. And you just need to say, God, I'm so sorry, I've sinned. And God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to lead my life. Holy Spirit, come. And um, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your leadership. That's what we call crossing the bridge. And if that's you today, I just, we just want to pray for you. We want to pray for you, that's all. If you don't have a day, a time, or a moment, this is your moment right now. So right now, man, right now, we're just like, God, oh, Jesus, come. And um, if that's you right now and you know you're, you need to make that decision, you need to make that jump, I just want you just to, just to lift up your hand right where you are. Lift up your hand right where you are and say, man, that's me right now. That's me. Anybody here today? Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Jesus, Lord. Man, God. Mm. Yeah. Wow, Jesus. so evident of who you are uh, only you could get credit for it Lord only you could get credit for it Jesus 
And God, I pray, Father, for an empowering spirit of God to be upon this church, that we're going to see many, many people come to Christ, that we're going to see more and more people come to Jesus. So God, do a work in this house. Do a work in our hearts. Do a work this week, Lord God, with prayer and fasting and, and, uh, and, and with the power conference. Train us, equip us. Oh God, do it, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hey, we're gonna sing a song and it's about revival. And revival's like this. Most if we we leave here today, we're gonna, we're gonna, our hearts are gonna burn on fire for Jesus. Amen. And um and we're going to keep seeking and saving the lost. We're going to keep reaching out, feeding people. We're going to keep reaching people. But you know what really happens in revival? We don't, we, we don't normally, we won't have to go seek sinners. They're going to start seeking us. If you look at revival, true revival, and I, I got saved right at the tail end of a move of God. I mean, you, you'd look at people and say, Jesus, and say, I'm, I want to get saved. I mean, it was like, it was just amazing. And, um, we're going to pray a prayer as we sing together about God, I want revival. I want to start in my heart, but God, I want it. And that's thing is there's no better way we can start this week of prayer and fasting and start this week of prayer by singing this prayer together. So if you're so inclined to come on up front and worship with us radicals, I try not to hit you when I'm worshiping. But you can move up front. Come on, we're just going, we're just going to sing a song. We're going to sing a song of prayer. We're going to sing a prayer. Come on, can you, you want to come up front and join? Let's just worship God together. Then when they're done, Pastor Eric's going to come up and close us up after that. In Jesus' name.